He hadn't meant to be cruel. He was sure he hadn't. He wouldn't have pinched the cat's feet or squeezed its tail in the door or pulled its whiskers or poured hot water on it. He felt himself ill-used and knew that he would feel still more so after the inevitable interview with his father. But that interview did not take the immediately painful form expected by Morris. His father did not say, Now I will show you what it feels like to be hurt. Morris had braced himself for that and was looking beyond it to the calm of forgiveness which should follow the storm in which he should so unwillingly take part. No, his father was already calm and reasonable, with a dreadful calm, a terrifying reason. Look here, my boy, he said. This cruelty to dumb animals must be checked, severely checked. I didn't mean to be cruel, said Morris. Evil, said Mr. Basingstoke, for such was Morris's surname, is wrought by want of thought as well as want of heart. What about your putting the hen in the oven? You know, said Morris, pale but determined, you know I only wanted to help her to get her eggs hatched quickly. It says in Fowls for Food and Fancy that heat hatches eggs. But she hadn't any eggs, said Mr. Basingstoke. But she soon would have, urged Morris. I thought a stitch in time, that, said his father, is the sort of thing that you must learn not to think. I'll try said Morris, miserably hoping for the best. I intend that you shall, said Mr. Basingstoke. This afternoon you go to Dr. Strongitharm's for the remaining week of term. If I find any more cruelty taking place during the holidays, you will go there permanently. You can go and get ready. Oh, Father, please not, was all Morris found to say. I'm sorry, my boy, said his father, much more kindly. It's all for your own good, and it's as painful to me as it is to you. Remember that. The cab will be here at four. Go and put your things together, and Jane shall pack for you. So the box was packed. Mabel, Morris's kiddy sister, cried over everything as it was put in. It was a very wet day. If it had been any school but old Strong's, she sobbed. She and her brother knew that school well its windows dulled with wire blinds, its big alarm bell, the high walls of its grounds bristling with spikes, the iron gates always locked, through which gloomy boys, imprisoned, scowled on a free world. Dr. Strongitharm's was a school for backward and difficult boys. Need I say more? Well, there was no help for it. The box was packed, the cab was at the door, the farewells had been said. Morris determined that he wouldn't cry, and he didn't, which gave him the one touch of pride and joy that such a scene could yield. Then, at the last moment, just as father had one leg in the cab, the taxes called. Father went back into the house to write a check. Mother and Mabel had retired in tears. Morris used the reprieve to go back after his postage stamp album. Already he was planning how to impress the other boys at Old Strong's, and his was really a very fair collection. He ran up into the schoolroom, expecting to find it empty, but someone was there. Lord Hugh, in the very middle of the ink-stained tablecloth. You brute, said Morris. You know jolly well I'm going away or you wouldn't be here. 
and indeed the room had never somehow been a favorite of Lord Hugh's. Meow, said Lord Hugh. Mew, said Morris with scorn. That's what you always say. All that fuss about a jolly little sardine tin. Anyone would have thought you'd be only too glad to have it to play with. I wonder how you'd like being a boy. Lickings and lessons and impos and sent back from breakfast to wash your ears. You wash yours anywhere. I wonder what they'd say to me if I washed my ears on the drawing room hearthrug. Meow, said Lord Hugh, and washed an ear as though he was showing off. Mew, said Morris again. That's all you can say. Oh, no, it isn't, said Lord Hugh, and stopped his ear washing. I say, said Morris in awestruck tones. If you think, Cat.